Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Oh my God, am I doing a good enough job? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. It's fine, don't worry about it. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Find out what color my hair really is. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. There are participation ribbons for this one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And guys, we're in it. It's coronavirus, and we're going to talk about it. We had a bunch of different episode topics lined up, like how to get your kitchen clean or whatever it was. Maternity leave. (laughs) How to raise a teen. And we just kind of scrapped those all. And they're coming. They'll be back. Yes, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. I will start with an oldie locks alert. Back in my day. Same bat time, same bat (laughs) channel. Remember that, Amy? From the old Batman show? Right, the old, like, winky, satirical Batman TV show. Right, it would leave you with a cliffhanger, and they'd say, you know, watch the next episode, same bat time, same bat channel. Well, we'll be back to our same bat programming at some point. But for right now, it seems like there's probably not a lot of purpose in having lately discussions about like, should your teen get a driver's license? It's like we're all in the mode of coronavirus all the time right now. Look at it this way, though. There are so many hypothetical things for us to worry about that are now completely hypothetical. Like think of like my kid getting his driver's license is definitely off my list for this month. It's not something I'm worrying about right now. That's a highlight. And I think in general, like we've talked a lot about anxiety and I think, you know, as moms, we always have this like generalized, like this kind of hum of anxiety in the best of times, which is like, oh, what about this kid who maybe isn't reading at grade level or, oh my God, am I doing a good enough job with extracurriculars when my neighbors are teaching my kids, their kids Mandarin and I would say, and tell me if this reflects your experience, Amy, that like, My anxiety level, while more focused on like, oh, no, what's happening with this horrible situation that we're all in, my generalized anxiety, not as bad. Right, because the hypotheticals have stripped away. You have something actual and concrete in front of you to deal with, which is what's for dinner, right? And not is my child preliterate? Like all that stuff has very quickly seemed like nonsense along with like, when's the last time you put makeup on? I mean, it's been 
a little while for me at this point and fix my hair. <laughs> well, I put on our Facebook page like, yeah, this will be interesting. I've been coloring my hair since I was 16 years old. <laughs> Let's do a fun thing called find out what color my hair really is. We're all going to look like Tom Hanks and Castaway at the end, right? Just like raggedy, raggedy. My kid can counter argue anything, right? Like he is ready for the reason why whatever you're saying, suggesting, thinking is the worst idea. So back in the halcyon days of, you know, three weeks ago, I was like, you should get a haircut. You need a haircut. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. So he already looks like Jim from The Office. Like it's already sort of like adorable and wispy and coming on from behind the ears. Shaggy. It's sort of adorably shaggy. But I'm sort of like, what are we going to do? But he's headed straight to Beatles and then he's headed to like 60s rocker. And then I don't know, right? I'm like, man bun for you. And he's sort of like, it's fine to worry about it. And again, see, here I go. I probably shouldn't worry about what am I going to do with my kid's hair. Like, that's probably not something I need to worry about. But you really, I mean, are you that worried about it? You're observant about it. But like, I know you're not actually worried about it. But in the real world, you'd be like, exactly. Other people think I'm a bad mom because he's hair. It's like, oh, can't deal with that, you know? Exactly. Now, he has a little more appearance consciousness than I do at this point because he is Zooming with his teacher and classmates, and they're doing an amazing job with this. The online learning is going like, better than you could hope it would and the kids have to like look decent they have to have like their hair combed and have on a shirt with the collar and like sit up nice they have to be like at a chair at a table they can't be in their bed and people are looking at him every day which is more than i can say about me well there's an article going around on the cut which i will share on this episode but it talks about like this is the time to allow yourself to lower the bar and i thought this was so beautifully said this is the perfect time to finally recognize how much you've been trained to perform parenting, to design a cozy reading nook so your Instagram followers can see it and grudgingly approve, to bake your vegan muffins and take a photo and pack your kids' bento boxes. And it's all about like, this might be time to really let a lot of stuff go. Like nobody's looking, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I have found that to be somewhat true. I mean, there's now some like performative homeschool going on, which is like people posting like, you know, I find on our local message boards, there's always people who are like posting at noon, like my kid's done with all the e-learning for the day. And it's like, okay, Brenda, chill out. You know, like, no one's, her name's not actually Brenda, that's just a villain. <laughs> Brenda but, is, know, like, is always your go-to, right? It's your Karen. Yeah, it's hard for Brenda <laughs> to not post pictures of like the, you know, look at how great I'm doing. I had this on our own Facebook when my kids were sick the week before they got out of school. So I added a week to our home quarantine, which was not great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But during that week, there was, you know, rumblings. What if the school closes? And so I came up with this quote unquote genius idea that every kid would cook dinner for the family. And my 11 year old made a fairly impressive lasagna, which I put pictures up online to be like, my kid made lasagna for dinner because, of course, like you got to humble brag that experience and it looked beautiful and he did a great job and I was proud of him. And then the next day he's like, today I'm going to make a cake. And I was like, perfect. You go ahead. And then when I came back to put the cake in the oven, I had been on a call or something. He's probably talking to you. And then I went up and he's like, it's all set. And I said, oh, I bet you forgot to grease the pan. 
And he's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't forget. And he proudly holds up the can of lemon pledge that he had greased the pan with. And so I was like, oh, right. This is what I get for being like, my kid is an amazing cook. Like he is made poison cake now. (laughs) And so, but I think it's a really nice time to sit back in the warm bath of non-performative parenting. I think, yeah, it's like Brenda's gonna Brenda, right? Like some of us are going to lean into the posting, you know, and the videos and the look what my kid made and the, you know, seeking connection. And it's not a statement on you, even though it can feel like one, but it's definitely not a statement on you right now that your kid is watching more TV and not doing those things and not like running in the backyard, you know, skipping and jumping in slow motion. That stuff always makes me feel bad, but not right now. You know, and I think it's like, well, they're just looking for somebody to say, like, aren't you a great parent? And they probably need that more than usual. And everybody's trying their best. And like, guys, one resource that we do have to offer you is the What Fresh Hell podcast group. Come to facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hell cast, and then you can ask to join the group. And moms are talking to each other about how they're homeschooling, how they're getting this together. They're putting up funny memes. There was a funny one. Did you see the one that was like, first day of school, two kids got expelled for fighting and the teacher has a drinking problem? (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's homeschool at our house, pretty much. But people are sharing funny stuff. But they're also somebody said, like, wait a minute, how many how much screen time is going on at your house? And people were like, oh, all the screen time. It's fine. You know, right. It's a little more unguarded when it's other moms. You know, it's a closed group. So only the people who are in the group can see it. So we can be a little more honest with each other than we might with like where our Our actual kids, teachers and everybody at the school can see us. Yeah. Like let it fly, people. And I will say. Amy. And, you know, it's what do you call an experiment that like doesn't have enough uh, data? You know, it's like a it's a limited test pool. But I will say that in an act of desperation, especially like now that I'm actually doing some like e-learning with the kids, basically we work on that. We basically work nine to 11, one to three on homeschool stuff. But then at three o'clock when they would normally be like getting home and settling in and getting ready to do homework and stuff, we've kind of done a lot of that already. So a lot of days I've been like 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. is free time. You guys figure it out. I'm not in charge at all. And that includes no limit at all on screens. But I will editorialize if I walk by and I see you've been on a screen for an hour and a half. I will make a comment about that, but it is your choice what to do. And that's been working pretty well. Do you feel like sort of encouraging other options or making other options available means they'll take it? Or when you say like, hey, it seems like you've been on those screens a long time. Are they like, "Uh uh-huh, and keep playing? And does that just have to be? No, they get guilted out of it, basically. Lightly guilted out of it. Like, I've been surprised how well it's basically been working. Okay. Should we talk a few tips, Amy? Let's talk tips. Here we are. We're in it. Let me talk about a couple of things that are working for us. Let's talk about the homeschooling thing. Okay. Are you, you're doing homeschooling. Well, right now, my daughter is actually on break. So her school sort of blessedly was like, this was always supposed to be spring break. So right now we, <laughs> they're on break and then we're rolling out something very shortly. And my two sons are already doing like full day Zoom with school. 
And your sons are high schoolers, just in case anyone is not a full devotee of our children and their ages. They're high schoolers, right. So I am doing some, I feel like I'm a technology facilitator. This is a funny story. So my kids have, you know, they each have six or seven classes. They still have their assignments they have to hand in. My kid was having a little bit of a meltdown because he has to take pictures of his math homework and get them to his teacher, right? And he keeps taking a picture, sending it to her, taking a picture, sending it to her. Finally, the teacher goes to his older brother, like, can you help your brother because I cannot open his files. And mom came in with the answer. The answer was he wasn't putting like .docx or .pdf or whatever at the end of his file name. And that's why she couldn't open them. So mom to the rescue fixed it. And he said afterwards, like, I feel like computer technology is my worst class. And now every class is computer technology. (laughs) He's not wrong. Well, and that's, I would say in general, I have taken, which I think is not unique to me. And I mean, my kids are younger, so the consequences are much lower. Like high school is a little bit more maybe of a big deal. Like they're kind of in that like pre-college-y, you know, grades matter kind of world. But our approach has basically been school is in our house nine to 11 and one to three. And basically they get about four assignments a day. And they do a half an hour on each assignment as much as they can get done. And are they doing the same? Are you giving them individual assignments or are you sort of pitching it for the group? No, the school is sending stuff. Oh, the group is. OK. Yeah. The school is sending like, here's a math worksheet. Here's something to watch for social studies. I have a second grader. So it's really pretty wink, wink, you know, I mean. And then the other problem, of course, is like we're a common core public school, which if anyone is, it's like there was another meme going around that was like, goodbye, common core. Hello, carry the one. Like, it's like I'm going, I don't even know how to speak the language of a lot of this stuff. So even with my second graders work, I'm like, yes, use your arrow system to move the 100th place forward. And I'm like, yeah, no idea what that means. Scoop the word to show the vowels. I'm like, (laughs) no idea what you're talking about. Sorry. You know, I mean, that's second grade homework. So but I really do think that like, in the big picture, somebody was saying like, What's not fair about this is that the kids who have access to parental help and good technology are the kids who are going to thrive and the other kids are going to fall behind. And I was like, yeah, unfortunately, that's the story of the American educational system writ large. You know, like that's already the story, yeah. which is kids who have parents who are super involved and have good technology thrive, you know. And so I think the curve is going to just shift a little bit and stay basically the same. I would really strongly lean into the point of view that like deciding that homeschooling and doing it perfectly and making yourself miserable over it is not advisable at this point and that the kids are going to be fine all these kids are going to be missing a couple months of school realistically at this point. That's true. I mean, what the problem with the homeschooling is that it's, you know, both you and I have the room for it. I mean, some of our other things have had to go to the wayside, but we don't have this is our job. And so we can make this work and step it up with our kids, which is stressful, but it's possible, right? I know a lot of working moms that don't have time to be sitting there all day with their seven-year-old and their nine-year-old and their 10-year-old. It's not necessarily because they're lower socioeconomically at all. It's because the demands of their job, whatever it is, may not allow to be a homeschooler. Like we've all become homeschoolers, whether we know how to do that or are good at that or not, and we have to give yourself whether we like it or not. Boiler alert: It's a not from me. Yeah, and so I do think we have to give ourselves some grace. And I think for the kids, 
the thing that I'm seeing happening with my kids is that, you know, the dawning realization they were both of my kids and are still working really hard, still doing really good work. But I've been trying to tell them, like, look, things are different now. Like expectations are different now. Your math teacher isn't going to give you half credit because your homework was not in a format she could open. Like she's going to understand that. And they really didn't buy that at first. And I think they are slowly understanding that nothing is the same right now and that that means they can relax a little bit. And that helps me relax a little bit. All right. More about that after the break. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so our basic take on homeschool is do what you can. This is not a test. This is not a referendum on whether or not you're a good parent or a good teacher. This is just do your best and then help your kids. The other thing is like, as we're unfortunately finding out, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think a lot of us started as a sprint and having literally run a marathon, like yes, I ran the New York City Marathon many years ago and it starts on the Verrazano Bridge. So you go out to Staten Island, you run back into Manhattan on the Verrazano Bridge and I ran the first mile like in probably like eight minutes <laughs> and my normal mile is like an 11 minute mile. And that's kind of, it's very reminiscent of that. You're just, the hype is like, I'm homeschooling. Look at me. I'm opening the assignments. I'm printing them out. Everyone has their own dedicated workspace. Here's a sharp pencil. Like we got to just realize that like getting through this, you get the gold ribbon. Right. <laughs> there are participation ribbons for this one and we all get one. There, everyone gets a big, shiny gold star and a participation ribbon. And like everybody has a million things going on. Work is going on. 
dealing with being cut off is going on. There's so much going on that like getting through the day, I give you a big bow and a gold star. You know what is so funny? My kid, my oldest, one of his current assignments is to be working on a personal essay. He's a junior in high school. So, you know, in some world, this essay could be used as an application essay. And of course, he's supposed to write about some really important occurrence in his life, right? Some really incredible event that really shaped him and the way he thinks and made him who he is. And, what you know, obviously what millions and millions and millions of kids are going to want to write about and should write about and yet can't write about because then there'll be 14 million essays on the same thing is this. Like, this is the most important thing, the weirdest thing, the most earth-shatteringly important thing that's ever happened to my kid because he's a lucky kid, right? But it's sitting there with him trying to help him think of something that isn't this that would also work has been crazy. Well, because anything that isn't this doesn't matter. And anything that is this, first of all, it's not resolved. So, like, it hasn't been an experience yet. He's like, you know, on first base of the experience, maybe. Yeah. And also, like, Amy and I are working on a project and I've been trying to put together a proposal on this thing and I'm trying to write something. And I'm like, what can I write right now? Because I don't really know where anything is going, you know. And so to Mm -hmm. write right now feels like my little sister had a famous story that she fell down the stairs at our house once and she was always like the kid who like made everything okay super cheery and she tripped on the top step and she was like i'm okay i'm okay and then she hit the bottom stairs and started crying you know like she was like busy telling everyone she was all right before she as she was falling down the stairs (laughs) and that's exactly like that's kind of the metaphor for right now like you can't be like i'm okay because we're in the middle of it well, let's talk about that because have your kids seen you lose it yet? Because mine have. And it was, you know, over the idea that there's a lot more work to do around the house right now, right? A lot more stuff that mom would usually handle because everybody's home all the time. So there's more, you know, laundry, there's more this, there's more stuff in the kitchen, there's more cups left everywhere, there's more, mom, I need your help. I can't, you know, my math teacher can't open my homework. And all of it's falling on me. And when I, ask for help with it. When I make a list of it, it's so far, the list is helping me. I'm not sure it's really getting through to people. When I ask for help, there's a hundred reasons why that's not possible right now, including I'm almost done with this episode of Dance Moms. (laughs) I mean, let's be realistic. Like nobody can walk the dog. I mean, times like these, we need Dance Moms. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so do I. Believe me. No. (laughs) You're like, I would also like to be sitting around watching Dance Moms. The old me was far too busy for Dance Moms. No, it's a new day. But yeah, can somebody walk marshmallow? Not I said the dog, not I said the turkey. It's like that. I'm like, it's the little red hen in my house and I lost it. And they, I don't know. I don't think they got it. I think they're like, oh, mom's really stressed, which I am. But that's when I lost my stuff this week. I have lost it behind the scenes in terms of emotions. Like I'm trying not to do the thing of like, Mm hmm panicked crying in front of my children. It just feels like Mm -hmm. they need to look to me to be the captain. And someday we will have a conversation where I was like, that was also really hard on me. But like, I feel like right now there's too much adrift for them to like look at the pilot of the plane and see that person crying. (laughs) Like, it's like I'm keeping that away from them. But in terms of we have very early on, I mean, like maybe, you know, whatever, day two or three, like very early on, I called a family meeting and I was like, here's the thing. Everything is really changing. And 
we are safe and we are staying home and staying away from people and that will help us in all of these ways. But this is going to be difficult and we need to change a lot of the ways that we behave in order to make like we had a really like come to Jesus conversation about like we're not gonna squabble over nonsense. We're not gonna blah 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 blah. And then we in the course of the family meeting came up with like what is gonna be hard for people in this? And We all decided, everyone decided that my problem was going to be being patient with people. And we decided that the kids' problem was going to be being kind to their parents and each other. Your kids came up with that on their own? Well, no. I mean, it was just a led discussion. They weren't like, oh, our problem, mother, is that we'll be, you know. But basically, when we boiled it down, like, oh, we're going to be fighting. And I was like, okay, so our mom and dad's problem is patience and kids' problem is like, kindness, being nice to each other, not fighting, not, you know, getting on each other's nerves, blah, blah, blah. And so we came up with like a shorthand where the kids are allowed to say to us patience whenever we're screaming and we're allowed to say kindness to them whenever they're fighting. And like, that's our shorthand of like, remember, we're in special times and like, this is your one thing that you need to do at all times. And it's helped. Like during the homeschooling, I'm like, how do you not know what 12 times three is? We did that. My son will be like, mom, patience. And I'm like, oh, right, right. I'm trying to be patient. Like, yeah, you can't push back, right? That touchstone has been real. And then like I have been called and I stop what I'm doing, you know? And listen, does my tween, like when I say kindness, be like, I can't be kind. I hate his face. You know, yes, he does. It's not like... We're sailing through this, but I think putting really fine points on it has been really helpful. And my husband and I have had to have a daily meeting. Without the kids, you mean? Oh, yes. An intermarital. Uh How are we not going to kill each other meeting? I mean, because remember like a couple of weeks ago when we thought like the worst thing our husbands could do was open the bread bag sideways? Like, oh, no, we didn't realize that our husbands could come into like an hour and a half into us homeschooling the kids and be like, this is how you should really do it. And then I'm like, OK, we're not going to survive. Oh, my God. Like, it's that I'm going to actually hit you. It's the G.I. Joe, like parachuting overhead, being like, don't you know that you like bum, 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 hero husband. Right. Kids learn when they're given lots of project-based learning. Like, like, do it or let me do it. I've had that conversation. And to call myself out, like, I have a bit of a problem of thinking that my husband needs everything about being a human being explained to him in detail at all times. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes forget that he was 35 when we got married, maybe 33. And... Until that time, he was able to successfully like exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide and move about the world as a functioning adult. And so in my own way, like having him home and like us trying to do stuff all day to be like, it's not the way you fold the laundry. It's not the way you put it away. That's not the way he likes his eggs made. Like I have had to really check myself before I wreck myself on the topic of let me explain to you how to be a functioning human. My husband just today was making a big mess in the kitchen like making one of his like omelets with 35 ingredients and you know just I feel like if it ever really goes south between you and your David it's going to be over omelets like it's omelet it will be omelet related omelets are the bane of your marriage omelet 
related. It will be an omelet related crime if it ever happens. It's every because it involves pulling out every <laughs> Tupperware with every like he'll make an everything omelet. So like there's no like when David is found beaten within an inch of his life. I'm going to be like uh, when the police come to me, I'm going to be like, was there an omelet pan in the vicinity? Because if so, I think I know what happened. Just were there eggs in the kitchen? Eggs are a very small part of his omelet. What he pulls out is actually everything in the refrigerator and like the mushrooms that should have been thrown away three days ago in the omelet, like that kind of thing. But then the various, I mean, I'm talking like six, eight, like Tupperware things get just kind of like left around, you know, for the fairies to clean up. I sort of prevailed upon him with a semi-patient voice that I would really like him to clean that up because I was going to deal with something my daughter needed help with. He was on a call, like talking to a friend of his, which is his perfect right to talk to a friend about how they're doing right now. Which is fine to talk to friends while you're making an omelette. (laughs) Exactly. He was talking to a friend instead of, you know, doing the laundry. But anyway, he... Then turns to clean up the kitchen. I could tell it's going great at your house, by the way. I mean, great. So the first thing he does, he's like, okay, I'm going to clean up the kitchen. And he turns around, still on the phone, and puts the water on. Like, just turns on the faucet, and then just walks away. And, like, is talking to his friend. And is like, you know, like, stacking up, like, with the water running. And I'm like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I didn't say something. But it was, like, maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. So I'd be like, don't run the water. You need the water. But I got him to do the dishes. And then there I was about to say, and don't just run the water for no reason. Which he shouldn't, by the way. But, like, my marriage is dependent on me not micromanaging him with how he's running too much water while he's cleaning up the kitchen. I had to walk away. And by the way, ladies, little insight here in case you don't know it. All your anxiety about what is going on in the world and a lot of scary, real bad things that you can't control sometimes goes into controlling whether or not your husband leaves the water on while he's doing the dishes. Like, that's right. There's a reason why this is happening. And it's not because you're a bad wife or he's a bad husband. It's because... There are so many things that are out of your control that like controlling every motion that your husband makes during the day is very soothing. And so you just have to be careful of it. I'm so bad with it. Like I am keeping it together in front of the kids. I'm like cheery mom. I'm even doing the homeschooling. okay. but like my husband like turns around in the kitchen and I'm like, actually, if you turn in the kitchen, it's very annoying for these six reasons, because I'm trying to move. And every night I'm here and I'm doing you don't understand this because you're not usually here. It's like it takes very little to set me into that mode where I'm like, let me list your faults and how you could correct them. And I have found that it's not conducive to a happy quarantine, shall we say? (laughs) But I do think, just to put something in our column for a minute, I do think that they don't get it and that the making the invisible work visible in whatever, you know, kind and patient way we can right now, like we got to do that a little bit. Like, it's okay that I yelled. It's okay that I'm mad. I am not doing all this by myself and they need to get it. And unfortunately, You know, I the scales have fallen from my eyes a little bit about how much I do for my kids, usually. Like, I've shown them all how to use a washer and dryer multiple times. Like, they know how. But I'm allowing them to continue the charade of, fine, I'll do a load of laundry, but I don't know how. You just show me how. That kind of thing, right? Well, I don't know where the soap goes. Like, we've done this before. I don't know, you know, what it would take for that to really drop in for them. But maybe it's this. Maybe it's the moment we're in. Yeah. And if so, lean in. And like, for sure, it is not your job to make your husband's job run smoothly as if he was at an office. I don't mean your husband. I mean, all of our husbands. It is not 
and this is one of our evening meetings was on this topic. It is not my job to make it seem like there's no pandemic going on in my husband's life. Like that is not my job. Yeah. And it is his job to figure out the new reality and where he weighs stuff. My spouse was on a, you know, conference call from work and I started to do the like, you know, commando down on the floor, like on my elbows, like behind him. <laughs> Heaven forbid anybody should. And like, I wasn't naked, you know, it just was like, nobody can know that I'm home. And then I realized like that, like, I'm going to walk behind my husband while he's working from home. Like that is over. We don't have to pretend that we're not where we are. Right. New day. All right. We'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. So I thought for this episode, I would give you guys a little glimpse into how it's going here at our house with the homeschooling, featuring my nine-year-old, who is currently also my student. Hello, student. Hello, mommy. How is homeschool going so far? It's going good, but I prefer school. Who's a better teacher, your fourth grade teacher or your mom? My fourth grade teacher, of course. Does your mom know how to do fourth grade math? No, Dad needs to help us. Dividing fractions is not something that comes up a lot in my regular life. What can I say? What is the best part about being home from school? You get to have fresh air, go outside a lot, have some breaks. What is the worst part about being home from school? I miss my friends and teacher. 
Okay, before you go, your specialty in our house is being the person who makes us laugh. So can you tell us a joke real quick before you go and cheer everyone up? What do you get when you cross a dancer with a hot dog? What do you get? A ballerina. Solid. Thanks, man. Guys, we're going to focus on the positives now. Okay. We are going to talk about what's working and what tips are helping us get through the days. I will start. Okay. Completely by accident the other day. I realized too late. I think we were already talking about this, that like my kids need a lot of connection. And like I've been setting up the Zoom play dates and like go meet your friends, call everybody and meet up on Fortnite. By the way, guys, Fortnite, you know, I'm like, no Fortnite, no Fortnite. Guess what? It's a new me. Pandemic (laughs) me allows Fortnite, as it turns out. We have the Minecraft server has never been more hopping. And my kids talk to each other, their friends and stuff on it. It's so good. Right. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. So that's one tip. Like make like Elsa and let it go. Like Mm -hmm. Amy and I are both Catholics. We gave stuff up for Lent. I'm like, guess what we gave up for Lent this year, guys? Going outside. We're done. Like now eat the dessert, have whatever you want. So holy. Play Fortnite. I don't care. I don't even know if it's Friday. It just doesn't matter anymore. This is not, what do you call it? Ecumenical advice. What do you call it? This is not from the Pope. Catechismical. This is not your sister. This is not, you know, true word of God advice, but I'm saying put it in the bucket and you know what bucket I mean. It's not canon. That's what you would say. It's not canonical advice. It's not canonical. This is not (laughs) canonical law, but I'm telling you, let it go. But the other night, my the kids were FaceTiming each other to set up some sort of Fortnite game. And then they got on the game and then they were interacting in the game. So they handed me back my phone. My sister and I got chatting. It was like six o'clock at night. I was just opening a beer. She was opening a beer. The Indigo Girls, oldie locks alert. Back in my day. But they're still awesome. We're doing a Facebook concert. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, was it good? It was okay, but unfortunately too many people were in it, so it was a little hard to stream. But she's like, oh, turn it on. And we were watching it together and talking. And then our husbands both sat down because we were all like opening drinks. And we had like 45-minute happy hour listening to the Indigo Girls in the background and talking to each other. And it was so good for my mental health. And so, you know, I have dinner club, right? Mm-hmm. So our dinner club was supposed to meet And one of the members so smartly was like, I'm going to send around the recipes and we're going to each make two servings of the dinner and we're going to sit and have the dinner club. You know, that's so fun. And so I just think like lean into the fun, guys, like whatever you can find. And listen, I am not dismissing those people out there who are not having fun. I'm not saying like we can make this fun. It's not fun. It's horrible. Right. Right. That being said, What's keeping me sane is finding any measure of fun that I can find. And top of the triangle for me is maintaining some semblance of days and schedule. For me, it's been maintaining a like you can sit down for 20 or 30 minutes at, you know, 1 p.m. or 9 a.m. or 10 p.m., whatever, and do nothing and read a chapter of a book. I'm reading some Zen Buddhism right now. It's helping me. And to stop. I just read, can I tell you what's helping me? Okay. Jessica Simpson's autobiography. It's fantastic, guys. If you need like an hour of mindlessness, go check it out. 
I just mean like there's always I'm doing this before everything's done for the day. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Before like while the kitchen counter still has a layer of stuff on it and I'm sitting amidst it and I can't escape it. But yes, I can. I can sit down. Can I give you a tip that's worked for me? Meditation on there's the Headspace app is the best. I happen to use the Peloton app. If you're a Peloton user has great meditation classes. And he said, I loved this. And I was doing very badly in this meditation. You can imagine, like, this is not really a time for inner peace, right? So I'm like, a lot of thoughts were floating past. And he said, maybe you're thinking this meditation is not going very well right now. Of course I was. And he's like, can you just let whatever this is be perfect? And that was like the lightning bolt out of heaven that hit me. I will let this bad meditation, this messy kitchen, this kid crying that the homework's not working. I will let whatever it is be perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I take a yoga class, my advanced napping yoga class that I was talking about last time, which is like, I was talking about it again, like in the time before I was talking to my niece on text and I said something about, oh yeah, I ran into her at a restaurant and I'm like, remember restaurants when we used to just go out to restaurants? Like it feels like another lifetime. And I was like, I miss going out and having meals. And she texted me back because she's a college student currently not stuck, but you know, in the long term, at home alone with just her parents. And she texts you back, I miss having friends who weren't my parents. <laughs> it's like, right. It seems <laughs> like a lifetime ago. But anyway, in my yoga class, my teacher would say that her, someone taught her this mantra, this is just what's happening right now. And like, that's a phrase that's been coming to me a lot too. Like, this is what's happening right now. And it may be happening again tomorrow. It may be happening for a while, but like, this is actually just what's happening right now. It's going to go on for a while, but here we are. You know, something that didn't work for me that well, you and I talked about this offline, but it occurs to me, I read somewhere, and this seemed like a great idea to me, like, get a journal, tell your kids to write everything down, that someday their grandchildren are going to be asking them for their stories of this crazy time, and they're going to want to remember, and you're going to have to write down and keep a journal of your time in quarantine and all the stories. My kids have resisted that with every fiber of their being, and usually that would just make me push harder on why that's a great idea. But I think I realized, like, they don't want to process their feelings about this right now. This is a moment that they are not ready to process. They are in it. And I couldn't push them to process it yet. Agree completely. I had exactly the same experience. This is one thing I want to get to, too, in terms of, like, things that are helping, because it came up on the Facebook group, and I think it's a really interesting point. That's right. For really anxious kids, and let's be honest, all kids are really anxious kids right now, but like for really, really, you know, we all know, if you say which one of your kids is the anxious kid, most of us can name that person. One of the things that I was suggesting on the Facebook group, and I think is just such solid advice, this is my mom, the therapist, this was always her advice, sit down and name the fears. And that's something we've been working on a lot. Like, how do you feel about this? What is scary about it? How and really like we say this all the time, right? Like turning around and looking at it is better than imagining how scary it is, whether that's your budget, whether that's your weight, whether that's your, you know, marriage, like being in that space where you're like, I know it's bad, but I cannot force myself to confront it is worse than turning around and being like, we've got a real problem here. Let's look at exactly how bad it is. And I think with kids right now, that is really important. And like, I have sat down with my kids. What are you worried about? I'm worried that I'm going to get sick. Okay. Statistically, here are the numbers. It looks real, real good for you guys. 
in terms of being a kid under 20. I'm worried that you're going to get sick. Okay, possible that that could happen. But statistically, I'm still looking pretty good for my age group. And this is what we're doing to keep ourselves safe. I'm really worried that grandma's going to get sick. Okay, statistically, grandma's not looking as good as the rest of us, but here's what she's doing to stay safe. Here's lots of stories about people who have had this virus and survived at different ages. And so we're doing everything we can to stay safe and like really talking through it, frankly, and revisiting it much more often than you think, even if it's three times a day. How are you really feeling? Because I see a lot now of like, Again, the marathon's running off. I mean, the sprint is running off and now we're like entering the marathon and I'm starting to see the like three o'clock, 11 year old starts bursting into tears and slamming doors. And I find that that's time to be like, what are we worrying about right now? And they'll respond because my anxious kid would be absolutely furious if I tried to have that conversation. I'm not anxious at all. What do you mean? And just gets more and more obstinate about it. So do you think it depends on the personality? Maybe because we've talked about this. Maybe it's the thing which I think you suggested and is right on point. Mm -hmm. Then that kid you need to talk about at a totally different time. And like at dinner and you don't point it towards him at all. You say, gosh, like, let's think about this thing is getting kind of scary. Like, what is scary about it? Let's talk through the things and not point it towards him, but try to offer him that information, you know, for me in a way that doesn't involve him personally. Right. I'm sure you're not scared of this, but some people might be scared of bears. So here's some facts about how bears operate. You know, you would never be scared of bears because you're a really, you know, tough guy. But for the other people who might, you know, with older kids, too, it can be a sort of I've definitely heard a couple different versions of, you know, this isn't such a big deal. Right. We've all moved through those seven stages and kids maybe a little more slowly and with more bravado. It's not a big deal. We're going to be fine. This is dumb. This is stupid. And I just like catching myself telling my partner that he's washing dishes wrong. I am catching myself from telling my older kids that they're wrong to be dismissive. Like they're home with me. They're already as safe as I can make them. They're not, you know, sneaking out to visit their friends. So I don't need to convince them that bravado is just that, right? And I don't need to pierce that at all. I need to let that exist, even if it makes me crazy. For sure. And I think in general, in thinking about that, this, that my husband used to be a teacher and in working in special education talks about like special education is just everything you do as a teacher just turned up and individualized basically like oh that's interesting anything you do as a teacher you're going to just do more of it and a more of an individual basis if you're a special education teacher and i was like you know what that is? That's parenting during a pandemic. <laughs> Every piece of advice we've ever given you is the same right now, but you just need to turn it up and individualize it, you know, like do more of that good advice and do it more individually with each of your kids. And so whether that's, you know, how do you place limits on things? How do you deal with picky eating? You know, how do you deal with teens, toddlers? You do all the things that you know are right parenting, but you just do it a little higher. And a little more individual. I love that. And a little more like one-on-one -on -one and get in with people because I think, you know, the kids are needy. They need us a lot. This is like time to put that superhero costume on mom and be like, okay, you don't have to be everything to everyone, but like 
this is what we train for. You know, like we need to really do our best for our kids now. And we know we're capable of it. We know we have to do. There's a lot of hard moments, but there's also a lot of moments of like, you know, of course, we're finding a million moments where like we're all sitting around on our tiny deck because it's a warm day and we're like trying to soak up the sunshine, playing cards and goofing around. And the other night we ended up having a long conversation about like being different and what that feels like. And the kids were like, you know, I feel different. And they talking to each other about it and comforting each other. And I was like, this is the result of being really together and quiet a lot. You know, like these are moments that would have never happened. And so I'm not trying to be Pollyannish about because I don't feel Pollyannish about it. But I will end with one thing that has also been helping me, which is that after 9-11, I was living in New York and, you know, everybody was the night of. I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. And so it happened, whatever, about nine o'clock in the morning. And at five o'clock, we gathered at our little local church and I lived in Brooklyn. It was like smoky. I mean, it was really like heavy 9-11. Everything was like we were right in the heart of it. And the priest got up and he was giving this talk, which I may have said on the podcast before, but I think about a lot this weekend that like that life is looking at the back of a tapestry, that there's just threads everywhere and you, it's like makes no sense. And that heaven is walking around and looking at the front of the tapestry and seeing the picture, like how everything came together. And I've been thinking a lot about this, like we're behind the tapestry for a while now, you know, we're not going to understand what this is, how it's affecting us, how we're doing. Yeah. But like, Someday we're going to walk around and see the picture. So our only job now, and it's not even heaven. It's not like after death, we'll see the picture. I think sometime in our own near futures, we'll be like, okay, this is how it all came together. And this is how it turned out. And so for right now, like, I wouldn't worry about the picture. It's just the back of a tapestry right now and let go of trying to be like, what does this all mean? How does it all fit together? What are my kids supposed to be doing? And being like, this is back of the tapestry moment and just get through every day. Yeah. That makes me feel better. And then, like, you worry about the picture way, way down the road. Your priest from 2001 solved it. Oh, gosh. Thank God someone (laughs) solved it. Someone needed to solve this thing already. Who knew it would have been him? (laughs) Guys, we really hope you're doing well out there. Come to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. Join our group. Let us know how you're doing. We're also on Instagram at WhatFreshHellCast, and we're on Twitter at WFH Podcast, which has been getting so much attention because WFH is, how did we know it was going to be the acronym of 2020? Work from home. That's right. Everyone's like tagging us like crazy. Dictionary.com, you know, retweeted one of our tweets because somebody was like, I thought WFH meant what fresh hell. And, you know, so anyway, <laughs> we're getting lots of attention for the wrong reasons. And we are what fresh hell working from home. Yes, who knew we were so well-placed. All right, guys, stay well, and we will be back here next week. Thanks for staying with us, guys. Hang in there, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Bree. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Bree, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.